Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm And today, Aaron, Aaron it's Public Domain Week. Woo! That's why I wore my special shirt. That's why I up. figured. Uh, we're going to be playing Space Taxi 3 and Alien Bash 2, two sequels that go better together. That's right. Before we get into the games, though, Aaron, we received some Amigos mail this week, and I know you're going to oh, appreciate oh. this. Check out this postcard that we received. All right. Oh, it's Cthulhu. Yeah, he's dressed just like a luchador <laughs> in a smart-looking business suit. Yes, he is, with a Mothman on his briefcase. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't notice that. Um, so the, it reads, Hey, Amiga fans and Spectrum fans and Atari 8-bit lords, and I for, keep forgetting any... Am I forgetting any systems? I bought... I bought, Oh, yeah, he might... No, yeah, he did forget the Coco. Uh, I bought this postcard on the Venice, California boardwalk in 2001. I thought it was inspired by Lovecraft, but the artist selling the postcard had no idea who Lovecraft or his mythos, monsters, creatures, gods even were. This postcard is coming your <laughs> way just because it's weird. I'm still playing catch-up with the Amigos podcast, so I'm not even sure if that Amiga 600 motherboard I sent your way works or could be used. Oh, I know that the AGA chipset didn't add tons of features, but to say it's not better than ECS, well, you hopefully say this in jest, right? No. <laughs> Hello from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Adam Tree Onfo, and he can be reached at ballyalley.com. Now, I remember Adam because we did actually use that motherboard, uh, and, and it worked. I remember I cleaned it up, and it worked. Uh, well, so that's that's awesome. We got several six hundreds like all in a row there for a while. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, and so that's first of all, great postcard right up my alley. The guy that I, I possibly never heard of Lovecraft, maybe just wanted to have a squid head in there. Uh, but uh, I love it. I love it. and the fact that he got that in Venice Beach, uh, the, the home of uh, the that's Hulkster, right. uh, uh, Hulk Hogan. I think Sting's from out that way too. But I like the idea of the, of picking up postcards as you're walking along the sand. I kind of think that's kind of neat. Uh, as opposed to going down the fruit <laughs> or Rite Aid, getting like we do. But thank you very much, man. And we also appreciate the motherboard, which again we did get working. Yeah. So catch up. You'll you'll hear about now, it. Now, as far as uh, our site updates this week, we don't have anything going on on everythingamiga.com, but we do have an Amigos community update. The Amigos High Score Challenge has been launched, Aaron. And the Amigos High Score Challenge is uh, this week, is, and this is open to everybody. That is a uh, patron or is a uh, a Discord member, and you can become a Discord member by either supporting the show through a Twitch subscription or by just giving us one dollar a month. That's as little as it takes to get you into our Discord community, and you can take uh, part in this high score challenge. We're going to be playing Bubble Bobble towards the end of the month, and uh, right now, uh, Chris Folds, Chris Folds is in the lead with a score of uh, three hundred six thousand points. Uh, we want to thank uh, Paul and Frodo and Luke Hudson and Mr. Cola for participating as well as myself holding steady in second place. Aaron, where's your score? Well, it's funny you should mention that, Boatster, 
because I was off the I was uh, at home today from the job and sat down to play some bubble ball. Well, you know, as you know, it's not my favorite no. game. Uh, but I sat down to play it because I'm a team player. And I thought, you know, maybe I can uh, give a good score. And I had scored, I, I did get managed to get a score of 123,000 mm-hmm. points. I felt pretty good about that score. I mean, it's not as good as everybody else, but I it's thought that's okay. And so I went back to play more times. And so I played this one time. That uh, This game is bizarre. It's like Mr. Do on Acid <laughs> because weird stuff mm-hmm. happens. And like some one time, this huge diamond fell down the middle of the screen. That gave me like fifty thousand points. That's how I got that big mm-hmm. score. But this other time, I got warped. I, I managed to expect. I spelled the mm-hmm. word, and it warped me to level eighteen. All right, from level like seven or whatever. And level eighteen has like these pitchfork walls. Mm-hmm. And my little guy went down into one of the spokes, and I couldn't get out, and the game wouldn't mm. end. So I just had to reset it. And when I did that, I lost my uh, score. So that's what, there you go. You wanted a story. There you go. <laughs> so I will be submitting a score, but it, it won't be 123,000 or whatever it was. I, I bet before. you, you know, this is one of these games. I'm not a huge fan of Bubble Bobble, um, but I have been playing it quite a bit. It's sort of like whenever I've got some downtime at work, I fire it up and uh, it is, uh, it is addictive. I, I, I've come to appreciate it more. But of course, I'll give you my full thoughts on that when we uh, when we play it in a couple weeks. But uh, we will give you a high score challenge update here on the show uh, every week up until uh, the, uh, the 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 final uh, episode where we, where we talk about Bubble Bobble for real. I will say this: much like the Cthulhu in that postcard, if you listen to that song enough times, you will be driven oh, yes. mad. Oh yes, oh yes, oh uh, yes. We want to thank Hermsky for uh, for setting this whole thing up for us. Thank you, Hermsky. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we, you know, we the our buddies over at the uh, uh, Coco Talk do it uh, a Coco high score. So I'm glad to get on the action, get some high yeah, score man. action. I like it. All right, let's talk about what's been going on over at the uh, YouTube channel, Aaron. All righty, if I can get my browser to get me over there, I will talk about it with you. So we had, we did put up some videos this week, boat. Let me st- scoot back here. So um, I guess. Looking at at, at the uh, what we had in a row here, the first thing I guess we're going to talk about here is uh, our uh, ARG presents last week. You could be one of the few to come over and have a look at this show. This last week's show, the, the actually I, I really enjoyed it too. Last week's show was on g- arcade games that have no buttons. They were all uh, trackball or twin joysticks or something else, uh, and it was neat to go through and try to pick out games that don't use buttons. There weren't as many as I thought there'd be, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, Boat. And then uh, we picked a couple, uh, well, uh, we picked a couple winners, I thought. I picked the, the game based on the incredible and awesome movie Crawl, and then Brent picked Nibbler. It's funny, because after we did that episode, uh, I think it was Buck Owens had mentioned that there was a movie made about Nibbler uh, called Man vs. Snake. And actually, actually, I watched that this week, and it was a pretty good flick. I really enjoyed it, actually. If you're into, like, if you liked King of Kong, I think the same people made it. It was, it was I, I thought you've seen. I've not you? seen it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, it's got, it's on, uh, it's on uh, uh, Amazon Prime mm-hmm. Video. If you've got that, uh, but it was, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought that was really good. So if you're into that, uh, check out uh, No Button Arcades and ARG. This week uh, we're going to be doing games uh, that take place underground. Uh, so if you're into that, uh, and actually that's another kind of wacky one. And uh, we picked, we both ended up picking some real old school uh, games 
uh, for this episode. So if you're into that, we uh, film live every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Boat, you had it. You dug up a long lost Ask the Amigos. I did. Uh, episode. You want to talk about nah, this? There's not much to say. Uh, this is it's the same as the June one, except it's one month earlier. A bunch of you know, you know I, it, it was the indoors. way that we uh, the way that we do ask the amigos again. It's another feature of uh, being a member of our Discord community. People, Discord folks, ask us questions. Uh, we get a whole bunch of questions, and every time we do it, which is once a month, we answer all the questions. So, but it's a good time because it gives us a chance to talk about uh, non amiga, sometimes not even non computer or retro related things. So it's a lot of fun. I find myself enjoying that show more and more. I mean, or whatever that is. And I, we should never film it indoors no. again. I think we should always... That was so much yeah. fun, uh, having an adult beverage in the backyard and chatting for a couple of hours. Uh, I, I just enjoyed that to know. And, and the questions were really yeah. fun. I really... I love that. I love it. So it, that's up there right now. Um, let's talk about... Well, I, this is kind of a little off the center of, of this show, but uh, I, this week I had a look at the Coco Keys to USB kit uh, for people that own Color Computer 2 or 3. And what this is, it's simply a keyboard interface that uh, lets you hook up your Color Computer 2 or 3 keyboard uh, to a PC uh, or Raspberry Pi or whatever via the USB. It's, it's sort of like the key raw of the Coco. Uh, and I had a quite a, a journey putting this thing together because it turns out that, lucky me, my hillbilly flea market Coco had a keyboard that the owned that the maker of this thing had never seen before, <laughs> and so we had to pull some last minute uh, uh, hocus pocus. But we ended up getting it working. It's a pretty nice device, and I, I give the uh, fellow that makes it all the credit in the world. So if you're into the Coco and you've got an old Coco two or three sitting around that doesn't work, uh, this would be uh, your cup of tea. And it's also inexpensive, boat. I will say that. And then uh, lastly, and this is just a little uh, thing I put up. This is just a uh, a montage of games that have no buttons that I put up. So if that's your bag, you just want to go watch some game footage uh, without any commentary, that's ready to go as well. But I think I think that covers pretty much everything. But I, I don't think anything? so. Good roundup. All right, man. All right, Aaron, let's move on. I hear the gamble train. The gamble train's huffing and puffing through the hills of West Virginia this week because it's been so freaking hot. Everyone was helping a puppet to the Hills of West Virginia yeah. this week. <laughs> so it's time to talk about this week's Amiga News. We're going to he- start things off, Aaron, with... Let's see. Let me pull it up real quick. I didn't have it ready to go. I did. It was just in a different tab. Donkey Kong We're never fully on the Amiga 1200, Aaron. Holy, what? This is Donkey what? Kong, but not just any Donkey Kong. This is Game & Watch Donkey Kong. Oh, no yeah. kidding. On the, On the 1200, you say. Okay, now, oh, okay. this is not a normal 1200. Everybody knows to, to fully emulate a simple LCD uh, watch uh, pl- piece of plastic from the, you know, the early 80s requires an 060. <laughs> oh, you're kidding <laughs> me. It's just like everything with the Amiga. You got If you don't have the top shelf processor, don't even bother. Go back Go back to your, uh, to your uh, Lotus 2 or whatever. When it comes to modern yeah. stuff, you know, we did a show on these on ARG, Game & Watch Games. These are actually a lot of fun. It's amazing. The emulation is actually pretty good. If you just, I mean, on, I mean, obviously the Amiga one looks yeah. good, too. I mean, if you've got a jacked-up Amiga. Some of these games are actually pretty fun, Boat. Uh, I have to say, have you played a lot of these Game & Watches? You know, I haven't. That's one, it's always been one of my long-term projects to do a deep dive, especially, like you said, because, uh, you know, a lot of the front-end packages, uh, like CoinOps, have a dedicated Game & Watch 
uh, you know, tab. So you can play these things and it's, it's glorious because when you press the controller in one direction or another, you know, you can see it kind of tilt down. So I'm a fan of these. I, I would like to collect them, but they're way outside of my budget. But yeah, uh, I've heard that they can be very deep. Yeah, they're actually they're they're uh, some are better yeah, than others, uh, but uh, there there there's a one I think Brenny would uh, maybe one Burpee called Cement Factory that was the one I'd played back in the day. I'd played some of these back in the day when they were not as expensive and everyone sort of had that one on one, and they're they're pretty fun. I mean, they're not a Game Boy or mm -hmm. anything, but they're they're neat. And if you look at them now, they're a little more amusing just because of the wackiness behind them. You know, they're the technology and stuff is 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 yeah. different, but they still they're they're but you got to think what you're getting. They're, they're, I mean, trust me, when you're in the car, I was telling my kid this today, we were out driving around. When I was a kid, we didn't have nothing. We didn't have jack squat. We were counting license plates and stuff. So these things were prime targets to taking a car with you back in the day and have something yeah, to do. Yeah, and I will say that from the little that I've messed around with them, they seem to be quite a bit deeper than your, your garden variety Tiger electronic game. Yeah, they put a little more thought yeah. into these. I, I'll have to say, although the tiger again, when you have it's nothing, better, yeah. when you have one of those, you've got. Remember the things you had? They were full of water. Oh yeah, you, you push the little things. thing. I mean, and... You were whatever you had <laughs> was better than the nothing that you had before. Absolutely. That. All right. So, the, um, and, oh, let me. Uh, and you can get this. This is, uh, I guess, coming to us from Distrita TV. Um, and does no no link here on uh, where you can download that. So, uh, but if you go to the uh, the show notes tab, there are the show notes link at the bottom of the page. You can you can check it out. There's a new book, Amiga book coming on the scene, Aaron. This is a Indiegogo project, Demo Maker: The Amiga Years. Uh, this thing is almost funded. It is. Uh, it needs uh, fifteen thousand eight hundred fifty-one dollars. Yeah. Needs fifteen thousand one hundred twelve. That seems insane to me for a book. Uh, that you would need that kind of a budget. I don't know much about how books are made, but it looks pretty big. Fifteen grand's a lot of money. Maybe they're paying out to all of the people that made these games. I hope they are. Um, this thing looks really, really nice. Nice quality hardback book. Uh, looks like if you want to get in on the thing, it's going to cost you thirty-five euros or forty-five U.S. dollars. Um, and uh, yeah, it's basically a. It's it looks like a lot like the uh, the bitmap uh, books that uh, have been uh, been uh, a big part of the retro scene as of late. Uh, but this one is all based on demos. You know, I, I know you were a big demo guy back in the day, Aaron. You thinking about picking this one up? Oh, yeah. No. And I'll tell you, don't get me wrong. This is probably going to be, it looks all glossy and thick and good. But it's weird to buy a book that features, to me, it seems odd to buy a book that features computer demos. It's just the concept that's odd. You know well, you know, saying? you get I mean, you get the backstory behind them and all that stuff. I and, suppose, and maybe these things have awesome backstories that I just don't have never right. heard. I just assumed a bunch of uh, hardcore geeks got together and made these, and the backstory was them eating pizza and drinking Mountain Dew while they slate and maybe taking some speed <laughs> while they sit around coding these things. I didn't realize. That. I mean, there maybe. Hey, listen, prove me wrong. If someone picks this thing up, because I know it's been talked about very fondly in a Discord. So I mean, there's gonna definitely some people that we know are gonna be getting it. So hey, uh, and clearly there are two shakes from being back. So somebody's gonna push them over the top. When this comes out, we'll have to have a look at Absolutely. it. Absolutely, demos are awesome. There's no doubt about that. And and it's you people don't understand what demos were anymore because they they're different now. But I mean, there was a time when the demo. I mean, you were out there using these things to tell people, look at this. I can do this. This is what the machine can be pushed towards. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Now we sort of have been fleshed out what the machines can do. 
So now it's just like, what can these guys do to top themselves? That sort right. of thing, you know. But demos were out. There. Not only were they neat, but they were sort of important, if, if, if anything, for your own self-esteem. Yeah. When you, yeah, a <laughs> lot, lot of careers launched from the demo scene for sure. Absolutely, you could see their f- fingerprints all over games mm-hmm. and stuff too. Um, especially that music. Oh God. Anyway. Yes. Amiga. Maybe it'll come with arcade missile command, Aaron. Oh. Oh yeah, now, this man. is uh, this looks to be a pretty oh, much frame oh, oh. by frame, um, uh, you know, a love letter to the classic uh, game Missile Command from back in the day. Uh, the Amiga yeah. with its mouse is very well suited to Missile Command, much more so than any of the uh, the eight bits that don't feature the mouse. This looks really good. Now, of course, uh, I believe that from the uh, the the uh, the comments on this, this takes an 060 and eight gigs of. I'm just kidding. This runs kidding on a 512 <laughs> OCS ECS Amiga. So I was getting ready to fly to Europe or something. Like, <laughs> what? This looks great. I mean, this looks yeah. great. I, I mean. I wonder if they've enhanced it or all. Which is, if it's running, if it's emulating. I wonder what the scoop well, you is can, on this. You can, this is a donationware. You can get this, download it from towerbyte.co.uk and name your own price. So oh, you, yeah? you can check this out and uh, and uh, let us know what you think. I like this donationware stuff, and I'll tell you why. Uh, you it, this it, it, this is the way to do a game like this. It's a smart move because listen, would I float some dudes a few bucks? To get missile command on the Amiga, yeah, I would absolutely do that. You know, it look and it looks good. Suckers get mm-hmm. paid. Everybody's mm-hmm. happy. So yeah, that sounds great. I'll have to be looking into this yeah, one. Buddy. Yeah. Up next, Aaron. This is another uh, site, another donationware site that uh, I think Pixels at Dawn clued me into this. This is a site called AmigaPD.com. Uh, at first, I thought that this was going to be an exhaustive collection of every public domain game released on the Amiga. This is not that. This is all new, new-ish uh, Amiga public domain games. Uh, if you look at the uh, the recent games tab here, you can see. Uh, and so a lot of this, uh, these are all from the twenty, you know, twenty thirteen and up. It looks like. But this is another site where if you enjoy having this repository, this guy has this thing set up to where you can actually donate to a charity for, I think it's a mental health charity. I don't know why it's so, oh, MinCap. Oh no, I'm sorry, it's a learning disability charity, MinCap, uh, the voice of learning disability. So I really like this idea because obviously public domain is uh, not something that you should be charging for, you know, especially if you're not the guy that, that wrote it or the gal that wrote it. So this is a, a chance for you to feel like, you know, you're, you're giving back to this guy who's collecting all these, putting them all in, the, in one place and you're doing something good for society. Well said, Boat. I agree fully on that. That's a good idea. And finally, Aaron, we have a new Kickstarter. This one comes to us from our very own Discord community member, Simulant. Okay? And he he is designing retro computer-inspired USB PC keyboards and mice. So these are keyboards that will interface with your computer, the difference is, is that they look like classic, um, classic keyboards from the past. So he's taken things like color schemes and things like that. He's used logos, and uh, he is um, oh, got the sound going on there. Uh, and uh, basically, um, he's designed these modern keyboards that have the retro flair, if you will. Have you had a chance to look at these, Aaron? The retro yeah. flair. Woo! Get it? Woo! I love these. I looked at them. I, I, you know, 
people come up with stuff, and, and and when you look at it, it seems such such an obvious idea. And you're like, why didn't I didn't think of this? Brilliant. That's why I'm dumb. He's got some great looking stuff here. You know, I love these. I like. I, I would sort of like to have them all <laughs> in a lot of ways. You know, you've got your uh, Amiga. He's got one for the ZX. I think there's one in there from the for the Acorn. Uh, there's one for the uh, Amstrad. Uh, great. The color schemes are great. Uh, I just I think it's very clever, uh, mm-hmm. Bo, to be completely honest with you. And I think he's going to do very well. Uh, these are going to be high quality keyboards. I know the keyboard. I know he's going for a, a full height keyboard as opposed to sort of. I will say the keyboards that in the in the demo here are sort of have always looked like the. Uh, they remind me of the Coco's melted keyboard a lot, which is just a great keyboard. But I think he's going to do real well with this, and I think it's a, a clever idea. Uh, there's also one like a CD32 one that looks really good. I don't know if you saw that one. Have you looked through these Just at he, all? They're they're quite yeah. Clever. And I know that he's got you know he's got the Amiga the Amiga uh, one is is fully fully functional. Then he's got several that are sort of in the uh, in the design phase. And so I really like the Amstrad one. You know because yeah. it's got the colors. The Amstrad one is it looks uh, you know the Amstrad is a. I love the the one you got at the house. It's just so that is a wacky looking machine. Big long weird weird colors. Mm-hmm. I love it. The wackier the better. That's my motto. And that and and the keyboard matches up perfectly. So I'm down with that. I I'd, I'd be interested to see which one of these is the biggest seller at the end of the day because you could really I could certainly see people collecting them all. I really can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would be neat to uh, just to have around. Uh, so I, I think these are going to do real well, and I think it's a clever idea. Absolutely, absolutely. And Aaron, the last little bit of news before we move on. This is a, uh, a surprise, surprise, as Goomer Pyle would say. It's Amigathon, Aaron. <laughs> it's Soyford. <laughs> <laughs> it's back. Amigathon 2020. Consider this the official announcement. Uh, we are overcoming. COVID-19, we're overcoming everything 2020 can possibly throw at us to bring you, the listener, the fourth annual Amigathon. We've now done an Amigathon for every year we were in high school. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Some of them felt longer than high school. That's true. Day. That's true. Uh, we are. This is going to be July 18th, 2020, starting at 12 noon UTC. That is 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the States, and we will be going 12 full hours of Amiga action. This year, every year we like to do something a little bit different. This year, we are playing all our favorite games. You, me, but that's not all. The Brent is going to be contributing some content, and we're going to have some special guest streams during the event uh, from none other than uh, Amiga superstar Amiga Bill and worldwide Superstar retro gaming personality Retro Man Cave himself will also be. Smooth yeah, that's customer. right. So, anyway, uh, as always, uh, all the Amigathons. Actually, the first one was not this way, but all the past the past couple Amigathons, uh, we always benefit Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Uh, you can donate right now at Amigathon.com if you want to get yours in early. We've already raised one hundred dollars, Aaron. So uh, oh, right. we, uh, okay. we have a goal uh, of $2,000. Of course, if we go over that, that's so much the better. But um, yeah, and also, in addition to that, we are going to be having a couple competitions during Amigathon this year, Aaron. Not amongst ourselves, because I think the audience has had quite enough of our artistic endeavors. But we are soliciting um, mod files 
and dpaint files. And we're going to have a live voting in Twitch. Twitch has done so much uh, over the past year to increase its interactivity. I actually got this idea from Retro Man Cave, who runs polls and trivia contests and stuff all the time on his streams. And so we are going to have live voting on the best mod files and the best dpaint uh, submissions. So if you would like to submit those, this is the way that we're going to do it. You need to upload a YouTube video of your mod player playing your mod and then send me that link. And also, if you want to enter a dpaint submission, just make a JPEG of your dpaint submission and email that to me. Uh, we are not going to be using real hardware because uh, it has the potential for mass disaster, as anybody at Amiga Ireland can attest. I was going to say, you you got burnt, you, you were there firsthand yeah, for the hand right. burning that was Amiga right. Ireland. So anyway, once again, <laughs> YouTube, uh, your, uh, your Octomed, uh, or your favorite mod player of choice playing your mod file, and uh, send me those uh, dpaint submissions through JPEG or PNG, a, something I can open on my computer. I'm looking forward to this one, Aaron. I'm already getting excited. It's going to be a good time. It it will be it will definitely be a happening. I'm looking forward to raising some money. Uh, you know, um, I, I'm looking forward to some good karma. This has been a rough year. You know, I mean, obviously for everybody in the world, it's one of the few times you could say that everyone in the world has had a crappy mm -hmm. year. And so, uh, for at least twelve hours, I'm looking forward to having the not crappy year. Sit down and play some games, have some fun, uh, visit with all of our friends. We are taking sort of a laid-back approach uh, to the Amigathon this year because it, 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 uh, it, it will provide everyone a comfortable, stress-free, uh, enjoyable atmosphere. Now, uh, now Aaron, you know me. Ordinarily, most of the time, all the time, I'm cool as a cucumber. When things don't go my way, I overcome immediately. So I don't know why we're doing it this way, but... I guess I can. I guess I can live with the fact that things might be a little bit more laid back this year. Exactly. We, we're all under enough stress now. Between and that's not counting for people that are starting new jobs, for yeah. example. We, we're going to just chill out. And I, I honestly, uh, uh, and we talked. Me and Boat had a. It's amazing how little uh, we had got done on the Amigathon until just a week or so ago because we weren't sure we could ever do mm -hmm. one. You know, and and FYI. Uh, there's the possibility that if something weird happens, we may have to remotely right. do this. It's not with outside the own pod. We're hoping to get together, the two of us. Uh, but uh, anyway, it goes. There will be an Amigathon. It will be fun. I demand <laughs> it. And uh, hopefully we'll raise some bucks. And whether we get two grand or not or more, uh, it'll whatever we get, we'll be going directly to charity. None of it touch, We don't touch any of it. It goes directly to charity. And it'll help out some kids who need it. So that's the important thing. And hopefully everyone will have a good time. Yeah, too. yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, why don't we dive right in to this week's first game. As always, in PD Weeks, we do two games. The first game of this week, why don't we talk a little bit about Space Taxi 3. Space Taxi! Now, had you, surely, because it's funny, we've never played this on any other machine, like mm -hmm. formally. Space Taxi 1, right. I mean. Uh, I'm guessing at some point you've probably had a go at this on some other yeah. machine because I believe this is out in the Spectrum, the Atari. Almost everybody got a port of Space Taxi mm -hmm. One, so you have had a Absolutely. go at it. Then <clears throat> now I had never heard of this, uh, as are most of the public domainia games. I never heard of this one, Space Taxi Three. Now this was released in '94, boat, so not not real late in the game. Uh, a disc. 
this was a uh, uh, um, an interesting sort of uh, um, how can I put this? Sort of an updated version of the original Space Taxi. The funny thing about Space Taxi is if you've never played it, and let's just go into I'll, I'll talk about who was who did it and stuff. But let's just talk about the the basic principles of Space Taxi because they really never change. You're a space taxi, just like it sounds. People tell call you to tell you to come pick them up. And you get you have that, that famous theme bum, 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 right. And then you take them to wherever they want to go, you drop them off, and then you go pick up somebody else. You do that and on this game until you clear the level and you and then you leave. It's that simple. Now, um, what's interesting about this game is this was not even close to the first time this game had been done on the Amiga. Uh, you've well, got obviously, it's like, Space Taxi 3. Right. But you also, I mean, yeah, but okay, For I, for, I could not find Space Taxi 2. <laughs> Maybe it's like so Leonard Burt 6. But they, you had Space Taxi, you had Air Taxi, and you also had UGG, the, the, which as I recall, the most hated game we reviewed <laughs> that year. So people weren't keen on UGG. And if you look at, if you can, now granted, this is public domain, but if you compare UGG to this, Ugg has a lot more charm and, and, and beauty than this does, but this does bring some interesting stuff to the table. So uh, this was developed, this was coded by a guy named Andreas Spreen, and uh, my gosh, the one of the guys that did the graphics in this, his name, it looks like you took a Scrabble board and just threw it down. Djormagoski <laughs> is Alexander that, and then uh, you also had Fred Ber Frank Bernard, Stefan Mueller, Stephen Cameron, uh, and if you'll notice, this game has some audio, digitized speech in it. That was done by a fellow named Neil Bruitt. Uh, this runs on any Amiga, pretty much. And uh, what you've got here is, like I said, I described the game. But they've actually expanded, expounded on the on the premise of Space Taxi with some really crazy and difficult levels uh, that involve like almost going through mazes, teleporting, uh, avoiding obstacles that float around, avoiding invisible obstacles. There's a ton of uh, variants here. They give you uh, when you st start the game, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of difficulty options, and each one of them will have five or six levels in that difficulty option. I don't know how many of these you experimented with, both, uh, but uh, uh, they get pretty hot and heavy uh, as you go through. There are a total of 49 levels uh, in the game, uh, and a lot of variants, uh, and uh, so the game's got that going for it. Another thing the game's got going for it, and this boat is a rarity. This thing has this thing has uh, support for four simultaneous players. Boat, did I did. That? I didn't know that. Four. Uh, it was, it was, I had every intention of jumping on Amiga Live this past week and going to town with some of our Discord buddies. That's a good idea. Uh, maybe during a Megathon this year, we we might we might try that out because apparently, according to Pix, this is a uh, this is a prime game on uh, on Amiga Live. Uh, unfortunately, my, I keep forgetting. Yeah, that unfortunately, my schedule did not me. allow for that. But I would love to try and play this thing four player for sure. And it's four yeah. player. You can I either mean, do it. Everybody's doing their own thing, or you can do four player uh, cooperative, which is super cool too. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the idea. Now, I was dying to play this for, to uh, more than one player. It looked it looked like that's where the money's mm. at, and I'd wager this would be a fun party game. As a solo experience, though, listen, we've played a ton of public domain games. Is this a beautiful game? No. Is it a uh, game that has awesome music and visuals to beat the band? No, it's none of those things. But what what is it? It plays a pretty decent game of Space Taxi. I, th I found the controls 
pretty responsive. I uh, uh, you could you could have it so you're automatically uh, your your landing gear automatically goes up when you leave a pad, or you can make it to where you have to. Oh, hit a really? Button to make I did not. I did not consult. Yeah. See, to me, that is part of the thing that makes space taxi space taxi is that you don't have that option. You know. Well, now you it, you still if you have it on automatic, you still have to put it down. Okay. You just don't have to take it up when okay. you leave. So it's not it's not like it's a total But it's it, uh, in a way group. it's still it, it's making it a little easier. I turned it on. The funny thing is I turned it on and it made it worse because I was so used to dropping it that I kept hitting the button, undropping it and crashing. Mm. So if, if if you've played this game over the years, you're probably just going to which is the fault, it's right. off the fault. So I would probably leave it off unless you just or have never played Space Taxi and you're not used to doing that sort of thing, then you could leave it on. Um, I found the controls. It's not like I've played a ton of space tax over the year, but I've, we, I've had a cup of coffee now and again with it on various machines. But I found the controls pretty responsive, uh, and I thought the uh, the digitized sound was okay. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect. They'll be like, "Take me to pad mm-hmm. one, take me to pad eight, you know, whatever," and uh, um, you and you would do it. Uh, the uh, really the only graphical thing of interest is the there's a sort of a ray traced opening picture that looks okay yeah, it looks you know? okay uh, but the rest of the game is pretty uh, it certainly does not flex the amiga's graphical no. muscle but then again this game and i mean it depends on what you're after were they trying to make a spiritual successor to space taxi 3 which i think or space taxi which i think they were uh and they, and so they, it's what you've got uh, not no frills uh, if they were trying to do like one of these updated, like graphically enhanced versions, that's not what you got because they, that's not what it is. Well, what, what did you think of this one, Boaster? Um, you know, this is this is a solid public domain game. Solid. Yeah. Um, tons of stages. Um, yeah. You know, your your little space taxi. The space taxi itself looks fine. You know, um, where this game falls flat for me is the the stage layout itself um if you play the c64 version uh there are i mean the 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 stages are very whimsical it's almost like you know when you play worms a lot of the fun of worms is seeing like all of the different stages you know with like the 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 phone booth stuck in the sand and all that stuff uh, this game has about 10% of that. Like there are some stages where there are objects on, you know, that you're, you're, you're flying, but a lot of the stages are just flat platforms, you know? And, um, and so if I'm playing a single player space taxi, I'm going to go for the C64 version every single time, just because it's, uh, it's, it's more interesting to look at. You know, the pads are, are in interesting places. Like there's one that's at the beach, you know, and, and stuff like that. Uh, so, but again, this is a public domain game. Um, you know, it was available for free. Um, and it's got that four player simultaneous thing i mean there's not a whole lot of commercially released games that had four player simultaneous play so i would you know i would put this up there with some of the you know some of the best public domain games that we've reviewed on the show for sure well i think it 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 does it it does what it says on the 10 as i say this is a space taxi Mm -hmm. game nothing more nothing less uh it, it controls well like i said i don't have a problem with it it's fun 
is this a game I'd rather play with more people than less? Yes. Uh, in fact, I've never played this game with more people. So the thought of that sounds great. Competing for fairs and whatnot sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, they could have enhanced this somewhat. Uh, but I, uh, and I haven't, by the way, I've not seen the, uh, the C64 version of this, so I don't know how it What plays. version have you spent the uh, most time with? Uh, I believe I played this a lot on the Atari, and I have played the, um, gosh, what's the other, I think the other one I played the most of uh, was on the, um, I'm trying to think back. There wasn't a Coco version of this. It must have been. I guess I've played mostly on the Atari. I don't think I've played. And not Space Taxi 3. By oh, the yeah. Way. I mean, there is no uh, Space the, Taxi you know, 3 yeah. on the Commodore. Yeah, I'm talking about right, Space right. Taxi. And so, and so really, comparing this to Space Taxi is sort of not fair. Well, I mean, except for the fact that you're comparing it to a, a version which should be inferior in every way. But it's not. Right. I'm not. But I mean, no, I'm just saying I have not played the C64 version. So, I mean, I yeah. believe you. I, I mean, I don't know. The, the, I don't know this like. game cries out for, um, you know, first of all, you know what is the what is the direct spiritual successor to this game? Uh, crazy right. tax. And what is one thing that you remember about playing crazy? Actually, there's two things. Where and I'm guessing I'm taking a shot in the dark that you're going to say the same two things that I do. What are the two things that you think about most when you're playing Crazy Taxi? The first thing, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, <laughs> the music, the offspring right? song, the music. Uh, the second thing is, uh, well. It, the, it, there's a bunch of stuff. To, I guess the thing I think about the most is the uh, is the wacky people you pick up. That's I, always for me, fun. it's the it's the scenery. It's especially the product placement. You know. Yeah, the product placement's mm -hmm. fun, and it's real. At right. least on some right. versions, it's and, real. Yeah. You know that all feeds into you know, and of course they're not going to put product placement in a game like this. But making the stages, right. you know, as colorful as you can, as sort of visually engaging as you can. To me, that is really the heart of Space Taxi. Because, I mean, at its core, you're really just playing Lunar Lander a bunch. That's ex that's all Space Taxi is. It's, it's, it's <laughs> well, playing like, Lunar Lander. Lunar Lander uh, is, is half Right, of right. Game. But, I mean, what you're doing is you're landing your craft without without crashing over and over and over again. Um, another thing that this game... This game's called Space Taxi, okay? You need to have the fair counter. There's no fair counter counting down on this. There's a lame bonus. I mean, what are we talking about here? It's like something out of Donkey Kong. You need to have a fair counter that's counting down in real U.S. dollar currency, okay? If it's not space taxi, if it's a dumb bonus, I think that's lame too. So that's a good observation, boat. You know, I didn't think and, about and the, that. Again, the C64 version. But it makes more has sense it. that it would. And, and, all you have to do is literally change one thing to like say, I mean, you just have to change one word on the screen and change the way the numbers add up. That would make it a lot more taxi-like, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, apparently the, the the chat is saying that the, the Space Taxi was a C64 exclusive. So yeah. There you go. There you go. Maybe I have played the C64. I was thinking, I, I know I've played this on the Atari 8-bit. I guarantee there's there's one out there mm. for it. Um, all that said, what do you think of this game? Are you, you're, are you, are you going to recommend I it? I recommend or? it wholeheartedly. Like if you are an Amiga, if you are the L. Curtis Boyle of the Amiga world and you won't touch any other system with a 10-foot pole, then you should play this because you're not going to have a better experience anywhere else, you know, in, in terms of, this is a much better game. It's not as pretty as UGG. It doesn't have the charm of UGG. But this is a this is a game that you're going to play for longer than UGG for sure, especially if you in, especially if you involve the uh, multiplayer component. I like everything about UGG better, except for the fact that the uh, the control. 
the control on this, I, I, the way the car controls, the way it moves around, I like. I do like. I think it's a, a superior engine for that. Ugh, it's just got a lot more character and stuff. Obviously, it's it's cute. But if you if you are only going to play one space taxi, then load up the C sixty four because that's when you're going to have the the best time. Okay. Wow. Listen to you putting over the C sixty four. I've never been biased against anything. I just call it like I see it. Yeah, but you often talk about how much you hate the C sixty four. That doesn't. And it's brown. That doesn't change the fact that they have the best version of space taxi. That gives me hope because I'm playing a C sixty four game this weekend, so maybe you won't kill it. So. There were no reviews on this boat except for the Lemon review, which they gave this a 7.58, which I, that's seems fair. Uh, the uh, uh, I think overall I would give this the thumbs up as well. It's funny, as much as I liked Ugg and thought Ugg looked better, at the end of the day, I think I agree with you. I, I would probably play this one first. So there you go. And with four players... To be determined, but that sounds like a party to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got uh, uh, quite a few reviews on uh, Discord for Space Taxi oh, 3. Uh, let's start things off with Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky. He gives this a Herm Firm 5 out of 10. Oh, Probably being a big harsh with my score considering it's a PD game. Enjoyable game to play, but soon found the game too repetitive. I like the quirky voices from punters calling for a taxi, and I like some of the wacky, wacky, wacky levels. The game's mechanics reminded me of the 8-bit thrust games from the 80s. Overall, a, th- a yes. fun experience, but not one I could go back to. Frodo and L writes, Enjoyable game for about 15 minutes. After that, it just gets repetitive. The voices are fun, and control is pretty good, though. Not bad, but unlike Alien Bash 2, a game that could only come out as PD. 5 out of 10. And again, that's where the sort of fun levels really come. Because again, it does get repetitive unless you're like, Boy, I wonder what the next level looks like. Jason Warns says, classic, 7 out of 10. Chris Fold says, a terrible space taxi clone hybrid reboot thing. Totally lacking in the charm, fun, and excitement of the original and quickly gets dull. Stick to UGG for a good space taxi game on the Amiga, 4 out of 10. And finally, Pixels at Dawn writes, not a graphical or audio tour de force, but a really solid and often overlooked multiplayer game in both competitive and cooperative modes. Either you're shouting at each other to coordinate your movements or planning a way to push someone into a wall without taking yourself out at the same time. Also comes with a stunning variety of inventive levels. One of the first choices to play on Amiga Live. 7 out of 10. Yeah, we're going to have to... This one, to be continued, we actually get down and sit down and play this thing live. Mm. We should absolutely get together and do that Plus, it gets a video yeah. going. That'd yeah, be fun. absolutely. All right, Aaron. Let's go ahead and move on to our next game, Alien Bash 2. This was an Amiga format cover disc boat, uh, believe it or not. This was uh, uh, this was on Amiga format number 86, and it was also apparently on Alien... The original Alien Bash was also a, a magazine game. It was released on the one issue, uh, issue 1993 June disc B. This one had multiple discs. On it was things, the glory but, days, the magazine cover disc. I mean, I'm telling you, when I used to go to the to the magazine store, uh, you know, the and and they would have these uh, Amiga format, Amiga. I loved the discs. I just loved that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I just thought that was great. So, anyway, Amiga Bash or Amiga Bash, let's do it. Alien Bash Two. Uh, this was the uh, this was put together by a fellow named Glenn Cumming. He also worked on the original Alien Bash. Uh, the graphics were done by Miles Jeffrey. Music uh, by D. Uh, Traumer. 
and Glenn Cumming as well. So he Let also me ask you a question. Is it D? Is it yeah. D like Sandra D? Like D-E-E? D, D period. period. That's all they've first got. First name's D, middle name's that period. Listen, this guy's not going to reveal his first name to you. It might be something That's embarrassing. True. He doesn't want you to know what it is. Uh, this runs on pretty much anything. And uh, when you look at this game, I'll have to say, Boat, uh, one thing about this game is that when you start playing it, you pretty much know what you're doing straight out of the, out of the gate. Uh, it's it's a run around and shoot stuff game, mm-hmm. pretty much. Now, having not played Alien Bash one, I did have a quick look at it, and it this looks that clearly they had advanced considerably from Alien Bash one uh, with this in terms of so graphics. is Alien because I didn't look at Alien Bash one at all. Is Alien Bash one this kind of game? Just Alien Bash two's better graphics? Uh, I don't. I didn't. I just looked at a couple still shots. I didn't actually watch any of the gameplay of it, so I don't know exactly what the uh, what the gameplay is like. Maybe one of these days we'll cover Alien Bash. Okay. I don't know. But this one, this one right away, and I don't. Maybe you had the same feeling. I'm sure you did. Uh, this looked like someone uh, raided the Bitmap Brothers refrigerator <laughs> yeah. or something. Uh, uh, and then they and they said, "Listen, uh, what happens if we take some graphics?" from, say, uh, some of the Bitmap Brothers stuff, and then make a sort of a gauntlet-like shooter with it. Well, what you've got is this. This is one of those weird games. It's like a, a, a smash uh, smash em up type game where they took several different types of game and graphically and uh, game-wise and just sort of made a game. Uh, the uh, the game is you... I read the, the docs on this. I, it, it, one, one of the things this has going for it, since it's a PD game, is it's got, like... It tells you what the plot is on the mm. disc. I don't know if you no, read. No, I just this, skipped it completely. Basically, I know you never read. You never watch the intros, and you never read those things. The premise of this game is you were on a prison ship by these aliens, and you managed to uh, take control of it. You freed some of your friends, took control of the ship, but it was pre-programmed to go to the uh, aliens' home world. So now you're here to go in here and start whooping a bunch of butt with your and with. That's the point. That's the whole premise. And even in the docs, it says, we know this is like a hackneyed premise. We just, we're sorry. It's, they admit that this is a generic premise. Oh, well, at least, they, so at least they're honest that. about it. Yeah, and it's not that It's not that generic. I mean, I, that's sort of mm-hmm. unusual. Then it goes, it also tells you what all the weapons are. It tells you how to, it tells you everything you need there to play the game. So thumbs up for the, for the good, for that in there. Um, the game is you... You're a lone wolf. You go around and try to get through these levels. Uh, as you go through the levels, you will collect uh, uh, weapons. And when I say weapons, usually it's ammo. You don't really get your weapons. You get mostly from the store, which we'll get to that in a minute. But mostly what you're getting is coins, jewels, and, and the main thing you're getting is the enemy's skulls, which have value at these stores, which is also mentioned in documents. Because in case you were wondering why you were picking up these golden skulls, those are the guy's actual mm. skulls. So, you're as you go through the, the levels, and I can say I, I managed to get to level three. That's as far as I could get. Uh, as you go through the game, uh, you're picking all this stuff up, and you're advancing. And this is sort of like uh, what it reminds me of a lot is: Do you remember when we played the Chaos Engine? There's a lot in com- common graphics. Well, with the Chaos I, Engine. what I wonder is why you didn't go directly to Chaos Engine in terms of what this is a game inspired by, because. Uh, maybe it's been a while since I played Chaos Engine, but to me, this seems like the exact same game. Well, if this Chaos Engine's deeper. There's a lot How more so? uh, abil- uh, you, ability to k- pick characters. That's based the main. Well, that, that doesn't necessarily difference. mean it's a deeper game. You just pick a different. Well, dude. I mean, it, it's it had a better plot. <laughs> 
they had more enemies. Uh, this basically has, as, at least as far as I went into it, you I only saw the, the one enemy plus the mm -hmm. end bosses. And then, well, I mean, except for like the little worms or fish. Well, or there's whatever, the, the, yeah, the, there's there's bosses that are that are different. But yeah, all through the game, there's only one kind of enemy. But this game, I'm just going to stop you. This game is a direct ripoff of Chaos Engine. It's exactly, it's the same perspective. Your sprite is the same height. You're going through the same. You remember how on last week's ARG, uh, Brent was talking about when the guy set the world record for Nibbler, he looked away from the screen and everything he saw was red because of the red. Yeah. If you play this game for longer than five minutes, you look away from the screen, everything you see is going to be brown. <laughs> I knew you were, I was just waiting. I was just waiting for you to hack on the colors. Listen, yes, this has a lot. They went, and I'm assuming they ripped a bunch of stuff from the Chaos Engine. All right, that's uh, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, at the and with a little, and the funny thing is, of course, you could tell this is why it feels like a Bitmap Brothers because it's lame and sucks. The sound, uh, no, no, dude, the Bitmap Brothers don't suck. They've got a lot of what? good stuff, but the way the sound effects are, the way people are generated, the way people die. The little shaking jug at the bottom of the of the of fluid, you know that's that, Quick, that, like, that's we gotta add that shaking God. jug in there. No, but that's it's a God. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. It has a lot. You're not wrong. The color palettes very much like that. Uh, there's a lot. Like I said, if you took Gods and the Chaos Engine and made it gauntlety, that's that's what it reminds me of. The uh, uh, it's but all that said, you're if you're gonna rip off stuff, rip off the best. And I think a lot of what when I started this game, I was like, this is gonna suck. I did not have high hopes because I thought this was going to just be a generic run-around game. And it's actually, uh, it's better than it, you would think. I mean, I'll have to say, I, <laughs> I was ready to drop the hammer. I really was. I was like, I'm going to hate this. But the more I played it, the more I got into it. Now, are there problems? Absolutely. There are absolutely problems. And you mentioned one. Everything's brown. As far as I could go, the, the, the surroundings have never changed color. I looked at a video to watch Skip Forward. It looked like it never. I'm not sure it ever changed. No, from this I watched. Scene, I watched the whole the whole game on YouTube. Yeah, and it's basically this: just tons and tons and tons of stages. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, the uh, the enemy, like I said, for the most part, you fight the same guys over and over. Uh, it's in the same ways. Uh, however, it is cunningly. The levels are sort of cunningly designed. Uh, in a way that the, they use the screens, uh, they use the the length of the screen to hide secrets that you can't see because they're just off screen, and you've got to find the path to get over there. You don't have to go through this entire all the parts of the game to complete the level, but if you don't look at all of it, you're going to miss some stuff. Uh, when you go as you go through the game, you're like I said, you're collecting money, you're collecting skulls, you're collecting gems. Uh, if you don't, if you go everywhere, you'll get more money, and getting more money is important in this game because when you go to the in between levels, is a store, and the stuff you get in the store is very valuable. Uh, more grenades, more missiles. Uh, you can get extra life bars. You get a bunch of cool stuff that you will help you. And if you don't, and it's expensive, so if you don't have all the money you can grab from these levels, you're going to be going to the store. Uh, yeah. Now that said, there no are plenty good. of opportunities to get money. There's money laying around. There's money hidden in things. You just you start blowing stuff up, and almost everywhere around you, you can, you can get money. Now, what you said is true. All the items are really expensive. Um, it's like you're getting right, pennies. Right, right. <laughs> but it's it's like the tickles. illusion that you're getting all this money until you go to the store. Yeah. Yeah. I was stunned when I got to the store, and I had no had like 600 bucks and the cheapest thing was like the cheapest good thing was a grand mm -hmm. i'm like what happened i thought i got so much money uh the uh 
you have the ability to switch weapons. You can use the uh, second button on your joystick, or you can use the mm -hmm. keyboard, which yep. is cool. Uh, I had the weapons I had at my disposal were were the gun, missiles, and mm -hmm. grenades. I think there's other stuff, but that's all I could ever get. Uh, the uh, there are secret areas that give you secret money. Sometimes money's like embedded in the walls. Sometimes stuff that you blow away in the middle of the dirt's got money in it. So there's there's money. There's lots of money. If you and sometimes you can shoot stuff that money will come out of it. So there's there's money to be had. Uh, but it's uh, again, you want to get all the money you can. Uh, the uh, uh, the mud world. I don't. I know you're not a. I don't know how. I can't remember. Did you say you've? Have you seen all the fireflies? Yeah, I can't remember I've seen fireflies. This 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 whole map reminds me of that world they go to where Jane has got his own statue. The where all, all the mudders mm. live because everything here is all muddy and brown and cruddy looking. It's it just looks like a dump. I mean, it's a well, dump. it's again, it's very much like Chaos Engine. I mean, Chaos Engine possibly yeah. one of the least attractive games I've ever played in terms of my personal. I'm saying this from a very subjective point of view, but just the kind of colors that I dislike to look at are very prevalent, and this is this is much the same. Um, yeah, this is, I knew I knew I was like when I started playing this and I saw how brown mm. it was I'm like well boat's gonna boat's gonna crap on this. Um, I here's a real shocker for you, Aaron. I actually enjoyed playing this game though. Um, that is a shock. I found this game to be much more enjoyable than the Alien Breed games. You know, Alien Breed games are just so hard. They're so difficult, and you feel like you never make any progress in them. This game, you get in yeah. there, the game doesn't overwhelm you with enemies. Um, it gives you stuff to pick up. Like, I like the store. I like picking up the pennies. I had fun doing that. The levels are not hard to get around. There's sort of a mini um, uh, uh, radar that shows you where things are. Um, it's it, The radar, I didn't find that helpful. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that great. But, I mean, they, yeah. Um, I was able to get and beat to the, get to and beat the first boss. Um, yeah, really, there's a, a lot. I thought the game played well. You know, I thought that the controls were tight. I thought the weapons. You know, there's three weapons. I understood what they did and how I could use them. Um, I found some secret places. Uh, I've really got a lot of good things to say about this game. Uh, the all of the bad things are stuff that you'd expect from PD games because obviously somebody's just doing this for fun. You know, there's no variety in the enemies. It's all the same enemies. Uh, there's no, you know, there, there's a little bit of music in between levels, but there's not in-game music. Um, the enemies make this horrible sound when they die. It's this, you know, pig-like shriek, which I guess because they're pigs, it reminded me of like the, the enemies in Duke Nukem, uh, you know, the, the pig guys in there. Um, yeah. I know, and you. so uh, that, that's what I thought of. But, you know, I really think that in terms of a PD game, this beats out a lot of commercially released games and just the, 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 the curve, the difficulty curve, the controls, the weapon selection, the store options, all of that stuff is great. I, I, I agree. Uh, in fact, I think this could have easily been, a, a, I mean, there's only, I think there's only five levels. So, uh, but I mean, there were a few tweaks, and I, by that I mean maybe adding a few more enemies, maybe adding some more levels. You got yourself something that's definitely commercial grade. That's, I mean, now granted, they're ripping off a lot, mm -hmm. a big chunk of it, uh, but uh, uh, it's this could have been a game easily. Uh, it reminds me, like I said, it's got that same sort of map feel that you're that a, a Chaos Engine or a Jurassic Park mm -hmm. had. 
don't remember if you, I think you were yeah, out that we, but I'm familiar Park. with what you're talking about. But the difference is in Jurassic Park, everywhere I went, I was perpetually confused and I could, and it was all, the map was built to screw mm-hmm. you. And this, even without a map, you, I got around and didn't feel like I was lost because they had cunningly designed everything to sort of end up in the same areas. So you weren't totally getting like, uh, at least the levels I played, you weren't totally right. lost. Which is a thing I can't say. It's another thing with the alien brigades. I don't know where I'm going, and I'm not alive long enough to figure it out. Uh, but uh, this, I was surprised uh, at the quality of this game. I like the second button support. I like the ability to switch weapons. I like the fact that you can go to the store. I love in between store level stuff. Uh, that I think that's great. Uh, you, this is sort of like chaos. The, like I mean, if it's a watered down version of Chaos Engine. I don't have a problem with that, and uh, they do enough different stuff to where it's not. I don't think it's t- a total, complete ripoff, but I mean, I thought it was a fun game. And what I'd like to see is maybe simultaneous multiplayer mm-hmm. would be fun. I would like to see multiple more enemies. I like the fact here we are playing a PD game. It's got end bosses. It's got levels that are just long enough. If they get any longer, it'd been too long, you know. So they knew when to say mm-hmm. when on the levels. At least on again, I only played. For the, through the first two, it's a tiny bit of the third one. Uh, I thought the uh, I thought I could get better as I played it, which is something I don't always feel like I'm getting anything right. accomplished on an Amiga right. game. I thought they gave you an ample amount of mm-hmm. health and three yeah. men. I like yeah. that. There's no reason to make these games instant mm-hmm. death. Maybe a hardcore gamer from the early 80s can, would be like, oh, this is lame, it's too easy. But an old guy from the 20s, uh, this is right up my alley. So uh, overall, I... Stunningly, I agree with you, Boat. I'm, I'm actually sort of surprised. I'm not too surprised that you dug it. And really, the reason I say that is because we've played a lot of public domain games, and it's sort of there's a 50-50 split. Half of them have just been not that good at all, and some of them have been surprisingly good. And this one falls into the category of, of surprisingly good. Is it Alien Fishfinger? No. But uh, it's a darn competent mm-hmm. game. It's not what I would call ultra-original. But I mean, other than that, it's fun. It's fun play. If you got this on a magazine for free, you made out pretty yeah. well, I think, and, uh, mm-hmm. on this one. Um, I uh, uh, again, there were no review, formal reviews on this one, except for the Lemon score uh, boat, which uh, Lemon gave this a seven point six three, uh, which I think. Now, of the two games we looked at today, which one did you prefer? You know, that's that's a that's a tricky one. I'm probably going to go with Space Taxi because I like games like Space Taxi more than I game than games like Chaos Engine. Um, you know, yeah. uh, but I was surprised. We both of us go into PD Week with a certain amount of trepidation. You know, uh, which we should because we, we've actually for the most part we've been pretty right. lucky. The guys know what right. to pick. Um, and uh, yeah. but I would say Space Taxi barely edges it out just because of the multiplayer and because I like the genre more. But both of these very solid, solid entries. If if they were to take this game, add some bosses, and change the color palette for different levels, you could have released this. This would have been a full price oh, game, yeah. and we I probably mean, would have looked at it, and it would have been perfectly Psygno- fine. Again, Psygnosis could have released this off. as is, and just put a Roger Dean box art on top of it, and people would be fawning over it to this day. No, they wouldn't because it's not hard enough. That's true. Let's get with the program. All right. Do you get any Discord action on this one, boat? Uh, Paul, a- aka Hermski, writes a Herm Firm nine out of ten. Wow, absolutely brilliant. For a public domain game, this is a super little shooter that keeps you hooked for hours. 
Trading for new weapons and upgrades at the end of each level just adds extra value to the title. Exploring every nook and cranny, this game is crammed with nice touches. Not too difficult to play, but gets progressively harder and chaotic. Just watch out for the transforming alien bushes. The stats panel takes some getting to grips with, and I was left wondering what all the butterflies were for. Yeah, that was weird in a game that's so massively ugly why they decided to put beauty in it in that way. But, you know, that's fine. Um, Frodo and L writes... Great shooter puzzler that I would happily have paid for had I owned an Amiga at the time. Graphics are nice, sound is decent, and the fact that one can choose how to handle shooting is a nice extra. While the game reminds me of Chaos Engine, I actually prefer this one. I just wish I was a better I was better at it. Eight out of ten. That's the story of every game Very we play true. for me. <laughs> uh, Jason Warren says polished, seven point five out of ten. Chris Folds Very good. writes an outright dirty clone of Chaos Engine. Average sound effects and no in-game music along with the palette make it a somber affair, and like the game it shamelessly clones, I just don't see the appeal. Not enough killing for an action game. Not enough puzzle and exploration for an action adventure. Probably appeals to fans of the genre, but not enough to win me over. Six out of ten. And finally, Pixels at Dawn writes, Not going to win any points for originality, but it's also a good fun shooter in the Chaos Engine style and absolutely nails the aesthetic it sets out to, and impressively so for a small team. Music is sadly missing, and a two-player mode would really help, but still good fun for PD, 7.5 out of 10. I uh, There's a couple things I want to bring up here before we take this thing to put it okay. to bed. We didn't mention this, but uh, as you get through this game, you're also... Uh, rescuing prisoners right. or uh, your buddies. So there's an element that makes you explore uh, to get all these prisoners, which is what the allegedly the uh, uh, radar was for. Also, I had to play this uh, emulated. I had, <coughs> excuse me, I had some trouble getting this thing to run and be able to see what's going on uh, on the Amiga. This, again, I'm, I'm sure this is PAL-related. Uh, one thing I want to mention is that Pixels at Dawn sent me over an article he'd found where they talked about this oh. game. And one of the bits of trivia in it was, I'm going to try to catch it in the reading because it's kind of hard to see, but the two guys that worked on this, Glenn Cumming and Miles Jeffrey, had many disagreements, it says, regarding the graphical look of the game. Miles is the big fan of the Bitmap Brothers, mm -hmm. no kidding, and it's reflected in the cartoon style of the sprites and the metallic blue and earthy brown color Now, wait a minute. I, so there was... Well, there was no, there was no, uh, uh, it wasn't accidental that it looked like this. I yeah, guess but I point. mean, like, how could you... I don't understand how this is cartoonish. I mean, like, I think your dude looks pretty realistic for a, I mean, for a, a 90s computer game. It's not like he's got, like, big anime eyes or something like that. Well, maybe the other guy wanted a more authentic... A more I mean, it's, authentic I guess it space does look marine? Like, it looks like an Akari Warriors or something like that. Maybe, the, I don't know, hey, listen, I don't know what the guy was going for, but what they ended up with was, I guess, we know who won yeah. the argument. The Bitmap Brothers mm -hmm. guy won the argument. Uh, the uh, uh, and apparently that's what they were going for, to be honest with you, uh, because I looked at the like I said I had a, looked at a couple of the pictures on Lemon of the first one and it doesn't look mm. like this. So they you know they made probably made the right probably call so. to be honest with you. You know gra I'll say like I said graphically, I mean it looks it looks like a professional joint here. And I don't I looked up these guys. I don't know if they did a whole lot outside of this. I, I don't have anything written down. I don't know if I just didn't write it down. Or well, I know that the guys like this. If you go. if you they look at the uh, this is from World of Long Plays, and if you uh, this video that you're watching right now, and if you look at the, I think it's actually maybe it's not. I, I forgot to put the uh, the courtesy thing up here to let us know. But anyway, the long play that I took this from on YouTube, the writer of the game actually comments on there, 
and he says that he wishes that the levels would have been more varied, and he also wishes that he wrote more games. So this might have been just been one of the few games that he wrote. Yeah, I'm looking up right now, and these two guys, they did the Alien Bash games. That's it. So that is quite a surprise if you consider, uh, um, you know, what, what they mm -hmm. could do. You know, so, I mean, I think these guys... I wonder how they were even discovered, to be honest with you. How did they even get something to put on a magazine cover? Maybe they just worked on this game, they disagreed on how it went, and that's the last time they ever worked together, and that's the last thing they ever did with yeah, Amiga. Yeah. That's a bummer, mm -hmm. man. Keep Make some new stuff, boys. You got, you got talent. <laughs> well, Aaron, uh, of course we want to thank all of the fine folks that are watching us live in the chat right now. Uh, Pixels at Dawn doing a great job modding. Um, uh, Smash1980 is here with us, Barkbit, Picard2010, Polyester Lynx, L. Curtis B. Uh, Edvin was here hanging out with us earlier. Um, Ricky DeRocher was here. Um, Wishbone. So, oh, and Hermski was here. So we want to thank all the fine folks in the chat. Um, Thanks, boys. And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we've also got, I, I forgot... You know, Brent always reads off all of the guys, and I guess I should probably have done that instead. Oh, the, yeah, lurkers. All the lurkers? He loves everything. that. He loves yeah. the lurkers. He, I think he is a lurker, and that's why he's shouting out. He's the only one that shouts out to him. And uh, we want to thank everybody that subscribes to us on uh, Twitch. If you are an Amazon Prime uh, customer, you can subscribe to Amigos uh, on Twitch, Amigos Retro Gaming, and uh, it doesn't cost you a dime, and it helps support us. Uh, so we uh, we appreciate all those fine folks. You have to do it monthly. Right. That's one thing you, you got to refresh it every month. Uh, and um, of course, we want to thank all the fine folks, all of the music lovers out there that got last week's uh, song correct, the Patreon song from last week. Quite a few of you got this one. Um, yeah. This was a Space Oddity by David Bowie. And uh, Zorglub, Pac-Billy, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Hermski, Chris Folds, Christian Russell, Frodo and L, Gary Heather, Paul Kitching, 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast, Cowbird Boy, uh, all got it correct. And uh, Calbert Boy mentions that uh, the he says that was easy. The giveaway was that Clone Boat on the right wore the same makeup and footwear that David Bowie used in his original video. I'm glad you caught that, Calbert Boy. The only thing you had in common. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and crank up this week's Patreon uh, video. Oh, before I do that, next week, Aaron, we're going to be playing Elite. Elite. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, my. Cameron Armstrong suggested this to the Amigos Game Selection Committee. Um, and, uh, yeah, we played Elite 2, so we're going to go back in time and take a look at Elite 1. This should be interesting. But if you know the answer to this week's Patreon Song Challenge, send me a, um, a message on uh, email, john at amigospodcast.com. So here we go. Luke Hudson, 
John Cook, Rich Drury, Roche, Frodo in hell, swollen sight. Tech Mage Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorg Love, Commodore Kid Reflection, Simon Letch, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine. Gary had the three lunch. Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobstriminator, Ten Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Kate, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter. Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobark, Vid Rollenberg, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kellan, Alec Keba, Chekote Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perot, Ricky the Rocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ. Stefan Sorgarn Mortensen, Edwin Helen Blendo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott Crisfold's Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vepke, Adam Battersby. Brian's retro and vintage. Gary Huckett, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Ned, Adam Bradley, Jonas Wood, THT, Eric Melson, Kim Tommy Wurstock. Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels of Dawn. I'm already out of the sun. There's only one more name, and that is. I'm trying to think about what it is. What could it be? Does it sound like something said by Gimli? All right, so it looks like some of you in the chat knew that one. Actually, I think that's most people in the chat that have ever uh, said, hey, I know it. So good work, guys. You know, that guy playing guitar was okay, but the other guy Yeah, sucks. I hate him. He's no good. Get him. You need to get that guy out of there. He's horrible. He's bringing down the rest of the band. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week for Elite. Until then... Adios. Adios.